0: The topic I would like to speak this morning is about the Word of God, the importance we give to it in our lives, uh, speaking in the sense that uh, uh, how do we understand it, are we really convinced about it and what is the respect we have for it. So uh, as you proceed, I would like you to turn to the uh, book of Psalms, chapter 2, sorry, uh, chapter 1, verses 2 to uh, verse 2 so this clearly says i repeat psalm chapter 1 verse 2 clearly says but his delight is in the law of the lord and in his law that he meditate day and night and you can also read verse 3 and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in a season his leaf also shall not wither and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper so this is a well known verse to most of most of us and uh, what i am trying to concentrate on is the very first uh, sentence of the first verse we read. It says, "His delight is in the law of the Lord." Life is something we know where we have always have our ups and downs, and uh, we have our hills and valleys. Uh, beat our personal lives, beat our family, beat our businesses. Businesses, I believe, uh, today we are in a stage where we are most of us are in the bottommost bit in a valley, looking to climb up the hill, trek up the hill, and. Uh, see where God can lead us. I know most of us are in a very, very tight situation, but still we can be confident it is the Lord who is with us and nobody else and it is He who can deliver us. So, as we see, uh, the most inspiring person who can be with us at this point of time is the Lord Jesus Christ and the way we can be inspired by Him is through His Word and uh, i would like you to take a uh, uh, look into a small portion in the book of nehemiah where uh, we see nehemiah has built the wall protected the city in full after a lot of strainful efforts and uh, as we know again he now moves on to building the city spiritually so as christian missionaries do uh, we have seen that uh, uh, the basic needs are might be food we eat shelter so as the wall has been built by maya they are guaranteed of uh, protected food Protected shelter, staying safe in their own homes, and thereby going ahead uh, with the uh, regular work. And this is when the Lord needs to speak to you and make you understand as to why and as to what purpose we are here. So please turn to the book of Nehemiah, chapter 8. You can note down three verses. I'll read all the three for you. Uh, for the first will be verses Nehemiah, chapter 8, verses 2 to 3. So here it says, Accordingly, the priest, Isra, brought the law before the assembly, both men and women, and all who could hear with understanding. This was the first day of the seventh month. So this is the first verse. And he read from it facing the square before the water gate from early morning until midday in the presence of men and women, and those who could understand that the ears of all the people were attentive to the book of law. So we see people are understanding what Nehemiah, sorry, what Ezra was reading, and uh, they were uh, attentive to it. That is the first uh, verse. The second verse, you can look at Nehemiah chapter uh, same chapter, chapter eight verses seven and eight. Verses seven and eight. It says also. Believers <laughs> help the people to understand the law while well, the people remained in their places. So they read from the book, from the law of God with interpretation, they gave the sense so that the people understood the reading. So this is the second time we see that the people understand reading. The first we saw was people who were understanding and were attentive to the law. Again we find they were understood the reading. The next verse I would like to read is verse 12 and 13. I repeat, was 12 and 13. It says, and all the people went their way to eat and drink and to send portions and to make great rejoicing because they had understood the words that were declared to them. On the second day, heads of council of all people, with the priests and the Levites, came together to the scribe Isra in order to study the words of the law. So basically, we find uh, what uh, what exactly is happening here is uh, uh, Nehemiah calls someone an to read the word of God. Israel starts to read this word of God and people start listening to it. And two important things we note. The first one is people understand what he is reading, he's just reading out from the scriptures. And the second thing is uh, uh, people are very attentive to it. The question um, to us right now is wherever the scripture is read, are we really attentive to it or we just do, we take it very casually just as just another thing we are overhearing? The second thing is, are we really understanding the Scripture? By understanding, I am just saying, are we trying to uh, say meditate on the Word of God, spend more time of it, have a quiet time with the Word of God? Because what we don't realize is that uh, we don't realize that it is the Holy Spirit, the Lord Jesus Christ, who is talking to us through His words. In fact, it is He who is exactly talking to us and not something that is just written on a book and we are just reading through it. So that is the kind of uh, depth we need to have. I know this is something very, very basic all of us know, but that is where I am starting up with. So uh, we need to clearly understand that uh, uh, we need to meditate on the Word of God, spend time with the Word of God, so that the Lord can take his time to speak to us. Very often we feel that the Lord is not speaking to us, Uh, I believe it is the opposite as it is claimed by many of God's people that we do not give the Lord the time for Him to speak to us, we do not open our ears, we go about our routine, we keep saying the things we uh, normally say and we do not wait for the Lord to speak to us, we just close things, close our ears, go on with our daily routine. So we need to understand what exactly the word of God is saying, we need to uh, be very attentive to it normally churches when it is read. We just take it very, very casually. Uh, even with me, when I go, I don't carry a Bible into the church. And I just try to listen for a few minutes, then I conclude saying this is something I already know, or if I missed it, I can always uh, listen to it in the sermon and compensate with it. So, that is a low priority we give to the Word of God, whereas we are supposed to give the topmost priority to it. That was the first point I wanted to convey. And... Uh, uh, we also need to know as to from whom we need the Word of God. Not just anybody who says he knows the Word of God, because we always need to uh, cross check as to not the standing of this person, but what he is saying as to how validated is with the uh, Bible. So you can turn to Ezra chapter, verse chapter 7, verse 10. Ezra chapter 7, verse 10 clearly says, for Israel had set his heart to study the law of the and to do it and to teach the statutes and ordinances in Israel. Today we find so many preachers, so many people sharing the word of God, but we do not know whether they are people who have really chewed the word of God and have taken the juice out of it and then trying to say what the Lord is trying to convey through them. Or just they are just people who nibble the tip of the grass and uh, try to convey all what they think or what they feel or what they believe will make their listeners happy. So we need to differentiate between that, whoever speaks or whatever he says, uh, I believe the Holy Spirit will lead all of us to cross-check that <coughs> with uh, what is already said in the Bible and authenticate it, see whether it is really genuine and look. Then proceed further to uh, continue listening to him. That is why Nehemiah purposely chooses Ezra at this point of time because there were a lot of false prophets and. Uh, false uh, believers uh, uh, living at that uh, point of time. Even one prophet goes to the extent of deceiving Amiyah, telling him to come to the temple so that he can be kidnapped by his enemies. So we need to be very careful as to who we listen to, and even if we are convinced that the person we are listening to is Janaik, we always need to cross our uh, cross what he has spoken with what is existing in the God of Word and see if it is right and then uh, go ahead. So next, you can turn to the book of John, chapter 15, verse, verse 3. John, chapter 15, verse 3. It clearly says, you have already been cleansed. You have already been cleansed by the word and I have spoken to you. So, the question next we need to ask is, why do we need to read the word of God? Why do we need to understand the word of God? Why do we need to be so attentive to the word of God? And why do we need to ensure that we get it from a, a genuine source or an authentic person because the word of God can cleanse the whole person physically and spiritually. So that is how we, That is how it starts and once the word of God starts, once we start uh, realizing the depth of the word of God, understanding the word of God, uh, that is when we uh, ought to realize that our lives are being cleansed, lives are being cleansed by the blood of Jesus that is equivalent to the word of God so uh, if you want to look at your business also from this perspective and you want to operate your business on the principles of the word of God as most of us know as most of us have learned as most of us have experienced we need to understand that uh, it is the one that is cleansing our business Uh, for people who have been generational businesses like me and a few others here for people who uh, who are in jobs right now or people who have just started up uh businesses in their in their generation like brother Sam was We need to understand that there are practices that have already already been existing. In our businesses, uh, because the family has been doing things like that, when it's coming to a, a place of work, there exists a set of values and practices and there are, when it comes to the first generation business, we create a set of values and things to be followed. But then we need to validate what is uh, right when this is compared to the word of God and whether we can clean that situation. As Indians, most of us know this. We have a festival called this Dasra, and in Tamil Nadu it's called Aida Puja or Saraswati Puja. And my family, being a traditional business, it is a very normal thing for uh, for people who are uh, generations earlier than me, say my grandfather, my uncles, and my dad, to buy a lot of, uh, say, what do you call Uh, these uh, puja materials and hand it over to the workers so that they can uh, go ahead and. Do the puja inside the factory, but this was a, <laughs> this people felt it was a very sensitive issue, a very necessity uh, thing for the workers to do every year. And uh, somehow after I joined, even CPMC praise God, I uh, got courageous. I would say, and one fine day I just stopped. Uh, the previous day when people came and said that uh, Macron came and said that he needs money to buy all these materials for so this puja, then <laughs> I real I told them that we are not going to do it this year and if at all somebody wants a compensation, we will do it during Christmas or New Year. And uh, that is how it started out. And uh, believe it or not, God was really gracious. There was not an opposition from a single person. And nobody after that came and asked me that they wanted this uh, particular puja to be done inside our factory, glorifying the machines and the tools that were making their lives. So, uh, of course, I should have used that opportunity to glorify God, conveying the message that it is God who is leading them, not the equipment that they are working with. Uh, So what I'm trying to say is wherever we can find uncleanliness in our business, we we need to understand the word of God conveys to us to clean it up. It can be in different, I'm just giving an example, it can be in different ways and It is not that somebody has fully cleaned it up, there are so many things that continue to exist without our knowledge and we try to do the cleaning as soon as possible. There are also situations where uh, the practices that we have stopped have started off again without our knowledge because things are pretty huge or we don't consider it on this much. So that is one key thing that we need to know that uh, through the word of God we need to cleanse ourselves, our families and also our businesses. The second uh, verse related to this, you can look at uh, verse 37 and 39 uh, of uh, John chapter 7. I repeat John chapter 7 verses 37 to 39. So it says, on the last day of the festival, the great day while Jesus was standing, the cried out "Let Anyone who is thirsty, come to me and let the one who believes in me drink. And as the scripture is said, out of the believer's hearts shall flow rivers of living water. Now, he said this about the spirit, which believers in him were to receive. As for as yet there was no spirit, because Jesus was not glorified. The good news this morning, as most of us know, is that the Holy Spirit is with us. It is he who is leading us. He, he is pointing as to where we are going, whether we are going right or wrong. And the Lord says that whoever is thirsty will be filled with the spirit and in the spirit we act. So as we... Uh, dwell and uh, meditate in the Word of God, the Spirit of the Lord will thrive in us, continue to thrive in us, it will be very active. We can, we, are very, we can be very sure the Spirit of the Lord is always in us, but at times He keeps very quiet because, you know, we are doing, thumps, doing things that are extremely wrong. So, we need to understand that we need to yield to the Spirit of God, That thirst to do things, I repeat, the thirst to do things has to be there, for us, uh, to do the right things has to be there things that are right in the face of our Lord. So that uh, I mean, we are really seen, uh, we, we always have a very good uh, track record for the Lord Jesus. So, uh, it is not necessary that you need to be somebody who is very courageous, who is very tough in uh, doing things desired by God. All it needs is basically a desire, a deep desire, a very, very deep desire. And God will provide a way so that uh, uh, even if you are very weak, God will provide a way so that the uh, your, your desire to live for, live for Christ will come along. I would like to talk about my father-in-law who's no more passed away a month ago. He was actually a very, very soft-spoken person. Somebody with a very, uh, uh, what do you call, very soft. And uh, you cannot even uh, find him shouting at somebody except his probably his grandchildren. And uh, for disciplining sake. So he worked in a government veterinary department for a long time, probably about 45 or uh, 50 years. And uh, there were times when ministers asked him to sign a few documents, and uh, the ministers ensuring him that he would get loads of cash or a card to his home if he would sign this document for a particular purchase of something and things like that. But he was somebody without any other uh, uh, moral support, and uh, the only person who he believed uh, on was on. God. And God led him to uh, take a decision where that whenever such situations arose, he would simply take a week off and pray about it and come back and join. So he would very well know when exactly this particular contract had to be signed and uh, he would uh, take himself out of the scene. And it really helped him after he retired because yeah, he retired uh, somewhere in uh, two thousand, year 2000, 2003 in the government chain. There was an inquiry as to who had signed this purchase? In fact, they had called him and all that. And uh, believe me, he was so happy in saying that it was not he who was signed. So all it desires is a deep, deep. Uh, all it requires is a deep, deep desire to live for God, and uh, that is how we, the thirst for living for God, can be can be made continuous in us. The second thing you can—that was the first point I want. So we need to understand the word of God. We need to be attentive, and uh, the thirst to live for Him always needs to exist in us, And uh, uh, for that, we need to look into the word of God as often as we can, as deep we can, and spend a lot of time. Uh, now we can turn to the uh, book of First Timothy, chapter four, verse thirteen. Till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. So, here also it speaks of attendance, but what I am trying to say is to uh, uh, know the uh, respect we have to have for the Word of God. It is really, really important that we need a very deep respect for this, for the Word of God. Uh, if you were to look at the uh, history of the incident in Nehemiah, you will see that people are standing for a few hours every day listening to the Word of God. And in most of the communities, uh, communist countries, uh, prior to the breakup and places where the Bible is scarce, the word of the, uh, Lord, of the Lord is scarce, uh, we have heard of stories where people have been standing for us listening to the word of God. So compare that to what uh, uh, we do in the churches today or what we do when the word of the God is read. What is the kind of respect we show? In the churches, uh, a question arose uh, from uh, wherever I. Uh, prepared this morning's talk and uh, the churches we, know, we are I belong to an Anglican uh, denomination and it's the Church of South India we have three uh, lessons read before the sermon is done. So the first two lessons are read and people are just sitting and uh, when you look at the uh, lesson from the New Testament which is the third lesson everybody stands up. But what we have not realized is that all three are the word of God. All three are uh, being spoken by the Holy Spirit. Uh, as you are, even it has been, we can say, spoken by uh, Jesus, or the Father, and uh, the respect we show totally to first. And I'm not, not lost to understand why is this uh, happening. Because uh, as I said earlier, it is all the same, and we treat the first two things casually, and as I said earlier, something we don't even open the Bible, and when it comes to New Testament, we stand. But my opinion is we should be standing always when the word of God is read as far as possible, at least in a public place. Forget if it is private or when you are meditating uh, deeply. So that uh, sort of reverence should always be there for the word of God. And this reverence also has to be there when we are displaying, displaying say, uh, verses from the Bible in most of our uh, work spots. Uh, Many a time we display something but we do not live by it. So we need to make sure that the true respect is uh, shown and it is deeply uh, followed. And uh, uh, as we see that uh, this, uh, uh, we can come to a conclusion here at this point of time, that uh, this. Uh, we call ourselves believers, we call ourselves Christians, we are willing to uh, say, uh, defend the word of God whenever we have an issue. Question is: Are we treating the Word of God as the Word of God? Are we treating the Word of God as how Jesus is speaking to us? Is that the kind of respect we to show today? If uh, Jesus were to talk to us personally in a public place, uh, how many of us would even stand? I think most of us would have been would fall face flat on his feet, and that is the uh, kind of life we are living. So uh, the respect has to be there, the deep, uh, uh, what called, As you said earlier, the deep understanding has to be there. And finally, I would like to move and tell you before I close. I uh, know it's nearing eight. Please bear with me and close another five seven minutes. We need to understand as to uh, how uh, convinced we should be that the word of God is acting in us, and to what extent. So basically if you look at the book of Romans chapter 3 verses 20 it says that it is the law brought by God that tells us what is sin and uh, that is in the Old Testament and of course when you have the Holy Spirit in you it clearly says what is right and what is wrong and whether what you have done is right or wrong. So there are is clearly that nobody can deny because God gives you the Spirit to live with you and now you can turn on the book of uh, Jeremiah chapter 15 verse 16. Jeremiah chapter 15, verse 16. Thy words were formed and I did eat them, and thy word was unto me the joy and the rejoicing of my heart, for I am called by thy name, O Lord, God of source. So we see the second part of the verse, it says, thy word was unto me a joy. So let's question and ponder ourselves whether we enjoy reading the word of God every morning, we enjoy reading or listening to the word of God whenever we attend to say a Bible study or familiar part of a church service. So most, for most of us, I think for most of the, at least two percent we believe it is a routine that we should not lose our relationship with God and hence you are reading the word of God. That is absolutely fine, nothing wrong with it. But our questions are we going beyond that. Are we making, is it a very joyous experience, uh, I read this management devotion along with my uh, daily Bible reading it every morning. But sometimes when you watch, uh, read through that management devotion and what some people have written, it really makes you joyful to understand what kind of a God you have, where you are standing, and it relates to what you have already done or what you are planning to do. It makes real, it makes uh, real sense, and I believe we always should have a biblical commentary or an explanatory Bible that will explain uh, what is written in the Bible so that we can have a, a deeper relationship with God. and uh, We should be joyful that this is happening every uh, morning now. If I were to ask you guys, what exactly is joy? Some of the spending time with the family, some of the going around with the family, some of the sitting in the office, some of say breaking the fast, and things will vary. But then, the true joy should be listening to the word of God and uh, abiding by it. That is, that makes it really really joyful. So similarly, if we were to look at if we were to look at this from a business perspective, we need to understand that uh, when we apply the word of God to our business. We need not be worried at all. We should be doubly happy. We should be joyful that we are applying the word of God and the results will be definitely good. Most of the time, uh, when you are about to take a decision, the world says one thing, the Bible says the correct thing, the truth, and we are not happy with what the Bible says because that's making you uncomfortable compared to the rest of the world, not thinking of the long term prospects or the uh, effects that could have. Uh, today, friends, uh, I put a small challenge in front of you. Each of you is given an opportunity to franchise KFC, say in uh, Madhuri or whichever city you live. In. And uh, all of us know the business model of KFC, how successful it has been. And uh, I, I'm sure 99.9% of us we give a uh, yes to it without uh, consulting that with God or waiting for the God to say yes. Because that is human nature, and that is how we tend to act. Because we the model is worldly, successful in worldly terms, and that's why I should go for it. And there is no second thought about it. And we also sometimes conclude that it is God's will that it is has come to us. But uh, the question is, uh, uh, have we asked God about it? Have we found a reply with Him? Is God joyful with it? Will we be joyful uh <laughs> doing this? So. Coming back to the term joy, we need to understand there is a difference between the word joy and the word happiness. Happiness is something that is temporary and it varies depending on the situation. If you are in a good situation, you are happy. If you are in a bad situation, you are not happy. But joy, is something in spite of your happiness and uh, your bad situations. And even if you are in a situation, you think you are not happy. Still, that joy is there because Christ is with you, Christ will sustain you, Christ will see you through. And this is a trial that you are supposed to... Uh, live through. So uh, you need to be convinced that reading the Bible, uh, meditating on the Word of God is definitely a joy, and it is a very joyful experience to apply the Word of God in your in your life. It will be a very joyful experience to apply the Word of God in your life, as well as in your business. And I uh, would like just like to share three points before I conclude as to what should be this uh, level of joy. You can uh, look at the Book of Matthew chapter 13. Verses 44, Matthew chapter 13, verses 44. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field with someone found and hid. and then in his joy he goes and sells all that he has and buys the field. So, uh, we all know that this is the parable of the hidden treasure, and uh, uh, there is a joy we derive when we become members of the kingdom of God, and that joy is the one that sustains us, and we need to continue rejoicing on this. If you define the term rejoicing, it clearly says a great amount of joy. So it's not that you need to be joyful, you need to rejoice. That's why the Bible specifically uses the word rejoice. It doesn't say be joyful, it says Jesus means you have to have a great amount of joy, not just ordinary joy, a great amount of joy. I am not able to find words to explain this, but I hope you understand what I am trying to uh, convey. Beyond this, you need to go to a level where, as you saw in the first few verses, that we need to be delighted in the uh, word of God. So, if you were to define delight, it means uh, please someone greatly, it simply means Placing Jesus by living according to His standards, listening to him always and obeying God. Right? Him. So, how is this uh, delight compared to your uh, uh, regular uh, issues you face in your life? First comparison is with, uh, you can say, with uh, food. See, so you, you are sometimes you are very delighted if we have very very good food, no doubt about that at all. And uh, sometimes we are uh, very delighted if we have a great sleep, or a long day, hot work That is also given by God, no doubt. And of course, all of us will be very pleased when we have tremendous amount of wealth uh, and without any worries if it is given by God. But this delight in the word of God is superior to all that. I repeat this delight in the word of God is superior to all that. You need to uh, turn to Psalm I'm sorry, 119 verse 103. It says, how sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. So, all of us have our own rating of what is sweet in our life. And uh, in those days, I believe honey must have been the sweetest thing to happen. Uh, the Bible says, uh, rather than David says, that uh, the words of the God are sweeter than funny. So, there are a number of uh, uh, say, uh, verses uh, which I could uh, relate to, saying that the word of God is much, much better than food. So, that is the kind of delay we are supposed to have when we dwell in the word of God. The second thing is say, the same passage, Psalm 119, verse 55 says, I remember your name in the night, O Lord, and keep your law. So we all think sleep is something great, something very your body needs rest and all that. But then you see, here the uh, author of the psalm says that uh, I remember your name in the night, O Lord, and keep your law. You even see, thinking about uh, God's uh, words, thinking about your relationship with God and being very joyful that uh, you have a great master which you, you have a great day with you, you have the person who created this whole earth. You have the person who is sustaining this whole system of work. And uh, you have to have that kind of joy. It has to be even better than if you were to compare your sleep and uh, your relationship with God. You should be able to conclude that it is the relationship you think is God is what you want lot not to sleep. And finally, it's so the same in Psalm 118 verse 14 says, I delight in the ways of the success as much in all riches. So uh, it says as much in all riches. But I believe that uh, your the way we should delight in the word of God must be superior to all the riches we have. So delight it means simply means having great amount of uh, uh, taking great amount of efforts to please somebody. It simply uh, should be in the sense that it should be uh, we should delight in the word of God connection that is. Uh, if, if compared to food, it should be better if compared to sleep, it should be better and if compared to wealth, it should be better so ultimately, it is the word of God it is what Christ has spoken to us that should drive us and all the other things of the world and I believe this is what I wanted to share with you this morning so just some more, I'm sorry, we have delayed by 10 minutes and uh, uh, we need to understand the word of God we need to be very very attentive to it we need to respect it and finally, as we saw in the first verse, we need to be delighted in the word of God. So, thank you, brothers. Thank you for your patience and listening. I hope it was useful. Uh, thank you. First of all, God, we thank you for this uh, presence this morning. We thank you that a uh, number of us were able to gather here this morning and uh, look at your word. Lord, uh, we treat your word as something very, very ordinary. We just think it is something ordinary. We think it as something which you can have access to every now and then. And uh, take it very, very lightly. But Lord, help us understand that it is your word that has been leading our lives, that has taken out of the worst of situations, that has saved us so many times. That has brought us out so many troubles, both in our personal lives, our family lives, and in our businesses. Lord, we pray that we give your word that you would us, we understand it, we dedicate time to meditate on it, we dedicate time to dwell deeply on it, and uh, Lord, we pray that we give it, that you respect it to us, uh, it deserves. And finally, Lord, uh, help us, help us, uh, help us uh, turn us around, help us so that we have a mental uh, condition that uh, we, uh, in your words, ultimate thing. You are the ultimate thing in our lives and not anything else. Let it be, but anything we have a lot, but then you, we need to realize, uh, help us to realize that you are the ultimate Person who can lead our lives, and it is you who have spoken, and it is your words that are in the Bible, and we need to live by it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.